Son, knock it off. Stop crying. Go to sleep. He would try. But then he keep weeping. Like you could <laughs> like yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. And every time I go in there, I get more annoyed and my voice would get louder because I, I thought if I got louder, it would make more sense to him. And finally I said, come in here. Right? So he comes in the room, gets in the bed with me. This guy's five, six years old. I say, hey, stop crying. I don't want to hear anything else anymore. Are, are, do you get it? Yes. So he, he, he cries his way to sleep. A few hours later, we wake up and it's time to go to work. And I look over and then, you know, the, the pillowcases is the same with blood. He was crying because he had fallen off the bunk bed and scraped his face on the, the bed frame. I didn't care enough about what he was going through to actually figure out what was wrong. I just assumed that he was wanted mommy. Right. And that's what he was saying. I want right. because he knew he would get that kind of attention and that care that he needed. And that was just the like I I, I hated myself the whole day. Like how do you what kind of father am I? What kind of father am I not? You know what I'm saying? Like how do you how do you not understand or seek to understand what your child needs in that moment? And that was just like a microcosm of mm. I've really just been putting putting self and career first and again thinking that somehow that balanced out with any other activity or lack of activity in the house that I was responsible for. Hey family, you gotta go to the website and check out Jack Design, just everyday creativity. I've known John Cook since he started this company at 14, but I've known him his entire life. He's been an artist his entire life. He's just 15 years of age. And Just Everyday Creativity or Jack Design isn't just an apparel company. It's an action. It's an attitude. It's an attribute. Because this young man puts his heart and soul into the apparel that we get a chance to wear. Whether it's the Empathy Collection. You feel me? I love that piece. Or whether it's the Masterpiece Collection, the one I'm rocking right now. Go check out the website. Don't forget to put Don't Quit 22 in at checkout and get a discount. Jack Design. It's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. The, the, the We Won't Quit podcast is designed to help entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck by limiting beliefs and procrastination. That's right. You're going That's to hear right. stories and lessons from incredible people who've overcome setbacks to comebacks because they have the mentality and they refuse to quit. Refuse to Your host is none other than Mike Hughes, mailman to millionaire the storyteller and leadership mentor helping you shift and grow in your entrepreneurship journey T tune into these episodes to get real stories from real people who've had real success let's get it started. Let's get it started. are you ready let's go let's go let's go all right family welcome to another episode of the we won't quit podcast i am mike humes and I, I, look i'm in on location right now and I could not be more excited uh, about the opportunity to sit down with this gentleman right here someone who I've been following as a fellow podcaster and when I tell you uh, I'm going to shout look I think I watch his podcast more than I watch my own and a true story but my man uh, Derek Johns is in studio Building. I appreciate having you here, brother. Thank you for the invite, man. I'm, I'm, I am excited to be on this platform. I am a fan of yours as well, man. So I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Listen, it's mutual, man. I I, um, I don't know where to begin, man, because, look, I, I got to watch your podcast in doses, man. Some of them get heavy, man. Some of them get a little heavy, but uh, the response has been really good. It's been helpful for me. For sure. And I'm glad to hear that this resonates. So get through it as you get through it, man. If you're not taking the doses, however you take it, man, just take it in. Yeah, yeah, but you want you don't want to stop. Like like you want it. You you want more and you want more. So for those who don't know, tell them tell them the folks uh, out here a little bit more yeah. about who Derek Johns is and what you do, man. Derek Johns, go by D Johns, uh from the seven five seven. Always gotta make that clear. I'm an East Coaster, but we've settled uh here in the Fort Worth area, Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas. I'm a passionate podcaster. Podcasting is uh, is my purpose, I believe. And the Dear Son podcast is what I eat, sleep, and breathe these days, right? So it's it's a podcast targeted toward men, but it's helpful for all. It's a parenting podcast. But it's really about me finding better ways to communicate with my son. Like I was I was out in the world trying to be successful in corporate and chasing the money and you know all of the positions and didn't have home right. Mm -hmm. And I and I realized that my son was getting to the age where me and my father started to kind of drift apart. And it wasn't because I had a bad father. I was just a teenager. And I thought I, I, I knew more. And I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Right. It cost me in the long run. So 
as I saw my son entering that age, I, I was paralyzed, man. I had to do something. So wow. this is more of a reflective journey of me trying to figure it out. That's all the podcast is. Man, we appreciate you taking us on this journey because as I watched it, I could see a lot of, of myself, you know, and, and the things that I've gone through. And, and I didn't grow up in a two-parent household. You know, grew up in a single-parent household, East Coast, right? Yeah. DMV area, Southeast D.C. to be exact, right? Okay. You know, you got to pinpoint D.C., right? 202. Uh, 202. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and so growing up in a single-parent household, you, it's, it's just different. Yeah. But the results, basically, after listening to your story, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, uh, are pretty much similar. And I, and I want to steal folks' thunder. I want you to share, but I really want to make sure they go and get a chance to check out. And you're right, man. Men, women, um, it, it, it doesn't matter where you are in life. Uh, I think what you're bringing to the world is so needed, um, not just in our community, specifically in our community. For sure. For sure. But it's just needed because the better we can understand each other yeah. uh, as men and women and understand our kids, uh, the better we can relate to them, the better parents we could be. So, man. So the, the interesting thing about the, the, the single parent versus two parent, it doesn't dictate your success. Right. There's, there's a process. There are a lot, of, a lot of variables that play into how your life pans out after that point. The gap is a gap, right? If you create a gap between a source of information and you, the longer you go, the more trouble, the more issues you're going to have in life because you're not in tune with the information that you need to actually move through life. So I, I, I take full responsibility for the gap that I created between me and my father. It got so bad that once I became of age and I became a man, you know, making these decisions, right. I was embar- I was too embarrassed to go back to him, and I thought maybe if I if I showed him that I know what I'm doing, he would appreciate it, right? And, and and that would be the that would be the apology, right? That me doing things the right way. I didn't have the information, mm. so I made a mistake after mistake with women, with finances, on the job. And when I finally came around and talking to my father, when I got the courage up, he had stories that paralleled mine. Wow. And I'm like, well, I could have used this right, right. years ago, right? Exactly. I don't, I don't need, I need your experience, not the experience. Right. I just need the information. Yeah. And it was a, it was an aha moment for me, but you know, you go to your 20s and early 30s, you sometimes you think you know everything and I'm, I, there's nothing special about me. I fell in the, into that gap. Well, I, no, it's something that's a lot special about you just because of how you're bringing this to the forefront and allowing other people to go on that journey and then get a chance to hear from so many other fathers uh, and men who, for whatever reason, man, I, I, look, they, they sound like Rod Tidwell when they come on your your, your podcast, man, in an episode of Jerry Maguire, man, like at the end. I'm like, it, I mean, I'm watching it and I'm emotional just because of the journey, because it's so being so vulnerable, right? You know, right. and I, so I love the fact that you you've created that platform, yeah. and there've been other platforms created, but it's just something that that you do, and it's the way that you communicate it, right? Um, and just how vulnerable you as well as your guests have been. I told you I'm not ready to come on yet, bro. <laughs> I got too much going on, but no, I'm coming. I, 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 I'm be crying. I'm be crying like I don't know what. But no, it's uh, I think it's powerful. Fine. Absolutely. Right, you say, Absolutely. You say stuff like that in jest and joke, yeah. but it's it'll be fun. Absolutely. It'll be fun. No, absolutely. I look forward to it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm playing. I look forward to it. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So uh growing up on the East Coast, man, I, and, and then moving around, what brought you uh out? So how I landed in Texas, I um the first move was to the DMV. Okay. That's why I'm familiar. The company that I work for, I've been with them a little over thirteen years now. Okay. And they're headquartered in the DMV area. So I moved from Hampton up to Hampton Roads area specifically. I grew up in Hampton, between Hampton and Newport News. I moved there for work. And I had a wife and three kids at the time, a beautiful wife, three kids at that time. And I said, I don't, I don't want to be here more than five years. So that was 2010 through 2015. Okay. In 2015, you had an opportunity to take an assignment in Dubai. So we went there for three years. After that assignment in Dubai, I had been promoted a couple of times and I was I, I had moved into the you know the, the junior executive space. I wasn't a senior executive, but executive nonetheless. And my responsibility became the globe. Okay. So my, my boss at the time said it, it doesn't matter where you go when you come back, be ready to fly. So mm. we had an office in Fort Worth. At that time, I was pro-office, right? I wanted to be the guy that demonstrated the, the activity to my employees of what it's like to, what I expect. I wanted to be that person. 
and I thought I was going to build a team there, and it never happened, and then COVID, and mm. quite honestly, now I can't tell you how to get to the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hadn't been there, right? Yeah, that's how it happened. Like, we chose, my wife and I always considered Texas and Florida as long-term. Okay. She was prior military, she was in the Air Force, so she has some experience in both states, and I just took the opportunity because we had an office here in Fort Worth. Good stuff, man. I'm going to go back to just give me a junior executive position in Dubai, bro. Let me know how I can get that position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, like, that's a junior executive position? So, my position in Dubai afforded me the opportunity for the executive role. I went okay. over there. So, I mean, I've been in supply chain and government supply chain for about 18 years now. Okay. So, in a glorified way of saying I manage people that buy stuff, things and services and support the government contracts. So, the work that we do around the globe, literally, in all seven continents... We had a big presence in the Middle East. So they had a hub there, and supply chain was one of the biggest components of that hub. So I went out and managed the supply chain piece. So it gave me perspective. It gave my family a worldview for themselves, not depending on information and rumors and, and any other thing uh, that they didn't see for themselves. So I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience, but I was, I was definitely ready to come back. Really? Yeah. 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 How many years? You said three? three? Yeah, okay. Three years. Three years in so, so giving your family that world perspective, yeah. that's huge, man. Yeah. Like three years. And, and your kids at that age were? I'm a, I know I'm going to blow this. Roughly. Yeah, somewhere in there. Seven, nine, seven. No, it had to be 12, 10, 8, 6, and 6 months. Wow. So I had five by the time we went. When I moved to Northern Virginia, we had three. We had two more while in Northern Virginia. Okay. Total five, yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's beautiful, bro. So you, you're there with five kids, your, your wife in another country. Another continent. Another continent. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Building. Um, but it really gives them a worldview. Like, I mean, they come back different. Yeah. So my, my youngest two still associate that with being home, like because half of their life they were there. So they're eight and seven now, so a little bit less than half of their life, they were there. Right. And that was their first plane ride, was the, the ride from Dulles to Dubai. Uh, no issues on the plane. We landed. They, they, they acclimated well. And what I noticed is they treat people, treat people based on the way that people present themselves, not right. based on any color or any other thing. They don't really, that's not part of their filter, right? So that's the thing that I appreciated the most because, I mean, our neighbors were from Egypt and um, we had another neighbor. I can't remember exactly which country after they were from, but that was that was our environment. Yeah, it was really cool for them to understand other cultures naturally, not taught, but right, right. That's powerful, Bob. Did you have any of those experiences growing up? Nah, you? No, no. My first my first trip overseas. Well, when I was young, the the one family vacation, my one or two that we took, we drove to Canada. Okay, so that's. Another country, right, right. Technically, but but flying, the first country that I flew to, we went to Mexico for our honeymoon. But after that, I went to Iraq for a year. Okay. So prior to joining the company that I'm with now, I spent the, from the summer of 2008 to the summer of 2009 in Iraq on the military base. Wow. Okay. Baghdad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that's yeah, that's different. I was never in the military, family in the military. Did take that family vacation to Canada. Gotcha. We did that. We drove up my aunt and uncle, uh aunts and uncles actually and cousins, man. Had yeah. the had the van. Yeah, had but, the map. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a, a physical map. Yeah. Yeah, cuz we sure deviated off that road too. Ended up in Maine and it was, oh man, it was crazy. Uh but man, you've been able to give your kids some different experiences. And I know what type of father you are, obviously, from watching the podcast. I know what type of father you're still aspiring to become just from w- what you verbally said. Not, that's not from me, from you, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's strong. But what would you say uh, is the one thing that you've learned the most so far uh, from, about parenting, about being a father? Um, I'm not scared to acknowledge my shortcomings anymore. Before, I would, I would hide them in... Again, chasing work opportunities. I would hide them. I would, I would justify me bringing money home to balancing out my actions, right? Or the, the, the lack of being a good father and a good husband. And actually, during the pandemic, slowed us down. Because even when I came back, I was still traveling. But after the pandemic, I had to look at my wife. I had to look at me. Right. Look at my kids. And it just hit me that 
I was really trading them for money. Like, mm. was Iraq, I was trading them for money, right? We were in a bad situation and I did what I had to do, right? That's the phrase that we use. That's how we justify right. it. But my, my aha moment is I can't keep trading my family for, for, for money or for promotions. Uh, that's been the biggest thing. And from that, a lot of other things unravel. Right, right. What would you say to someone who, you know, financially they aren't in a position yeah. to be able to do the same? I mean, you can always carve out time. I mean, look, I'm, I'm all about time. Time is so much more important than money. Yeah. You know, being a single father with two daughters, uh, there's nothing more important than my girls, right? Matter of fact, this my podcast is created so that they can see and hear me leave a legacy versus someone telling them or what they saw on YouTube or in magazines and all that stuff. I wanted to, them to be able to hear my voice, hear my words. And that's the, the real reason, yeah. honest, honestly, behind it. But what would you say to someone who doesn't necessarily they have to trade their time for money or at least that's a perceived notion to them based on where they are right now so give the give the other individuals that are part of that equation the opportunity to understand how you feel right i made assumptions that this is what i have to do because this is what my family wants my family didn't want that mm. wow. so i was able to again i keep saying justify a lot and negotiate with myself a lot get these conversations out of your head and into the the room with the people I would have full conversations about with my wife in my head, never say a word to her. And then I would act off of how I thought, you know, she would respond to the situation that I had in my head. Wow. And I I, I robbed them of an opportunity to be part of the solution. Mm. I was I was weak and I thought that that's what a man did. And my and my wife has a perspective of it that we that we recently talked about. And if we had the conversation earlier, like would have been, we would we would have avoided a lot of disruption, arguments, and just like dead space in our marriage because we weren't we weren't communicating. So bring it back to answer your question. You gotta, you gotta afford the people that are part of that situation the opportunity to weigh in. Use the term weak, and that's not something that, you know, most men kind of ever want to use that term. But that's how you define it? You really felt like you were being weak by not? Absolutely. I, absolutely. I, was at a weak, I, was, I was too weak to seek help. I was too weak to really deal with myself. And I would, I would, um, I would act out to forget about the situation, right? So if, if, I, like if I'm down bad on money, if I'm not making right decisions, for whatever reason, it makes more sense to make other bad decisions. Right, right, right. Already, it's it's you know, natural, right? And, and I, I did a lot of that. Mm. When I would realize it about myself, I'd get more annoyed with my family, right? Because I was dealing with me, mm. and I would be annoyed with them before I thought they could be annoyed with me. Wow. Man, that's so deep. <laughs> yeah, that's I, deep. Guys, I, I got problems. <laughs> no, no, I think we all have... We, different scenarios and situations, but what you've been bringing out is nothing but solutions. So taking a look at that, um, because I I was listening to an episode. I think I I was listening to this when I was in the car. I remember vividly because I could picture it, man. Like, you know, the the mind thinks in pictures, not in words. So as you're saying it, I'm picturing and, and, you know, folks, obviously you've shared it, uh, but it was when your son Mm, was crying. Yes. That's what I brought with me today. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. The, um, the, the truncated version, the summarized version is my son was was literally in pain one night. My wife was at work. She was working overnight. It was either really late at night or really early in the morning, but my wife wasn't there. It was just me and the kids. Again, three kids at that time. My son was crying. Now, your wife worked nights and you worked during she worked, the day. She, she had some overnight shifts. So she, right. she worked in a hospital in a pharmacy. So she would, her regular shift, she would leave the house at four or five in the morning. Okay. In this particular instance, I think she was working like an overnight deal because it yeah. was, they were asleep. Yeah, my, my, my wife, my wife was gone and the kids were asleep. So, you know, I was trying to get my rest, get up for the next day. My son's crying. I think he's just being a bear. Right. At the time, he's probably five, five, four or five, between four and six, something Okay. And um, I just kept walking on Son, knock it off. Stop crying. Go to sleep. He would try. But then he'd keep weeping. Like, you could just, <laughs> like yeah. I could hear it. Yeah. And every time I go in there, I get more annoyed and my voice would get louder because I, I thought if I got louder, it would make more sense to him. And finally, I said, come in here. Right? So he comes in the room, gets in the bed with me. 
that's five, six years old. And I say, hey, stop crying. I don't want to hear anything else anymore. Are, are, do you get it? Yes. So he, he, he cries his way to sleep. A few hours later, we wake up and it's time to go to work. And I look over and there, you know, the, the pillowcase is, is stained with blood. He was crying because he had fallen off the bunk bed and scraped his face on the, the bed frame. I didn't care enough about what he was going through to actually figure out what was wrong. I just assumed that he was wanted mommy. Right. And that's what he was saying. I want right. because he knew he would get that kind of attention and that care that he needed. And that was just the like I I, I hated myself the whole day. Like how do you what kind of father am I? What kind of father am I not? You know what I'm saying? Like how do you how do you not understand or seek to understand what your child needs in that moment? And that was just like a microcosm of mm. I've really just been putting putting self and career first and again thinking that somehow that balanced out with any other activity or lack of activity in the house that I was responsible for. Right. And, and in full context, you went to check on him. He asked for his mom. Yeah. And like, so yeah, they got to go catch the episode. Yeah, because I want, I want them to think that you just was like, hey, shut it up. Now, growing up in, in some environments, that's just how it was. And that is literally how a lot of us are taught to be men. Right. Like, that's the role that we're supposed to play. Not to check on him, but to, you know, be a man. Yeah. Tough it out. Do this, do that, without even understanding. But but what you took from that uh, is what you know just kind of blew me away in terms of not how you reacted to it. You didn't how you reacted that night, but how you responded to it, and have since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I said, it's one of those defining moments that helped me pause and realize that um, the importance of family, the importance of tone becoming more aware of how I say things. And, you know, we later had a conversation, uh, my son and I, and one of the things he said was that I don't, I don't know how to react when you call me because it's always, I feel like I'm in trouble all the time mm. because that's how my father called me, right? Because he would only have to call me in that regard. If I was in trouble, the trash wasn't taken out because I was more on top of my chores. I knew what was expected. Reality was, I had these ex- expectations of my son in my head that I never communicated to him, and I was measuring him to who I was at his age. But my father made sure that I understood the expectations and the repercussions. So I'm holding him accountable for things that he had no clue that were important or how serious it was. And wow, that was a that was a, a tough a tough realization. Yeah, yeah, and you had three girls. See, all I have is girls, so you know I got to shift the conversation a little bit. How is that different? How, how I mean, because girls, I'm, I'm, bro, I'm just soft at this point. Soft yeah, girls. it changes everything. Yeah. I had girls first, and I think that was part of the dynamic because I could look at them and they would straighten up. Right, right. right. The, the worst thing that for them was disappointing me. Right, and it would be instant tears, and I, like I could never, I could never put my hands on my daughter to discipline them because I didn't want that to be. I didn't want that to set that precedent that right. it's okay for a man. Right? Right. Because they can't get in it that early. They may not be able to delineate between what my father did and what I should accept from a man. Man, that's so strong. Yeah, right. yeah you got to you gotta go further with that. I mean, that right there. I mean, it's, it's real. Cause I, it really is. You, you think about, like, I came from the, the strong discipline um, era, right? Say, thing once, say something once. Next time your body is twitching, right. everything is jerking, and you're going around right. the room. Trying exactly. To talk, yeah. Talk yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't considered abuse. And I don't I love my father for it, but he was acting with the information that he had. Right. Right. If I have better information and I'm still taking that approach, the problem is me. Mm. Right. Because I, I don't know that they need it. And I don't know if that's what we say we're thankful that we got beat. Could we have turned out just as well if we if we didn't? I'll, ne- I'll never know, bro. <laughs> I got beat nightly. I'll never know. Shout out to Mama Humes and my sister for always snitching on things that I didn't even do because she was older. So. My, sister got one, I'm calling you, my sister got one whipping in her life that I saw, and I got a whipping because I laughed at her getting a whipping. She's oh, five years older than me, by the way. Five years, my sister's five years older than me as well. I mean, it's got to be, man, because I used to stay in trouble, but... I think I, I felt like I needed it just growing up in inner city, growing up in an environment where my mom felt she had to be had to play both roles. 
And it's funny because being a single father with two daughters, I can't play both roles. But, you know, the, the, the late great Jim Rohn, who's like just I mean, Jim Rohn's it right. You're familiar with Jim Rohn. You know, he, he talks about, you know, protect like a father uh, and nurture like a mother. Mm. Uh, and typically that's reserved for because so many single moms out out here who feel they need to, to protect. Absolutely. Um, but I always felt I had to play both. And, and my daughters have moms. Yeah. But it's just been something where I had to, you know, because you have girls, so I couldn't be too tough, but I just had to be there. But going back to not wanting to set that precedent is so many things that we try to, mm-hmm. as men, that we need to avoid. I read this book, and it was called uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Okay. It's by Dr. Meg Meeker. It changed everything. But it just talked about us being their hero, mm-hmm. our daughter's first hero. Sure. So, And just the words that we say and the actions that we take. How does that correlate, though? She has strong mothers, strong sons. Okay. Is her other book. She doesn't have strong father strong sons yeah. I, th- I think I think the assumption is that men that boys will become based on what they see and men we want to protect our daughters and ultimately what I realized and I'm speaking for me not all men is I want to protect protect my daughter from men like me mm. right it, it's when when you really sit with yourself and and analyze whether or not you want your daughter to marry somebody like you that's what the tears start flowing no matter who you're around unless you're just a great guy you know I wasn't I wasn't a great guy all of my life and it, it, there's no salacious stories or anything like that but just like being present teaching them the right things hugging them letting them know that I love them every day letting them know that they're special and beautiful um, you know I, I didn't I didn't always see the the, the value in that right so the, the one thing that I was sure of is that they can't, they're not going to be able to associate me with physical pain from me inflicting physical pain on them. I just, it, it doesn't sit right with my spirit and, and I, I'm not judging anybody because to the extent that you don't want to do that, I don't know that it's right with sons all the time. You know, certain circumstances uh, may may warrant certain actions, but for my daughters, man, I couldn't, I couldn't set the tone that that was acceptable. Like that was a way of getting them back in line and them being subservient. That's, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, that's that's powerful, man. And uh, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, new, you said it. New information, right? When you got different information, you 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 do things differently. And uh, but yeah, I wish my parents, uh, my mom had that information back in the day. Well, well, I had that conversation with my dad, and he said, "You lucky you didn't have my father." Wow. So it could have been worse, right? It would have been worse. Yeah. 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 I used to listen to some of my friends because I lived in in DC, two apartment buildings facing each other. So if somebody got in trouble, you can hear it. Right. I mean, we out there, ah, you know, we clowning them. Yeah, you know, poo getting a beating, you know, this, that, and the other. So yeah, it could always be worse. So that person who had to come out and pull the switch off the off the tree. Yeah, I'm from the area. Go get a switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changes everything. So what would you say? Because you have two boys, right? Two sons now. Um, fourteen and seven. Fourteen and seven. Okay. Wow, that's seven years apart. Mm-hmm. So you get a chance to almost, you've had a chance to do that over yeah. in a sense, right? Yeah. And, and that's what makes me so aware is that, number one, as I said earlier, my son was getting to that age where I started pushing my dad away, but what am I, what, what am I missing with my younger son? And, and what differently does he need? Does he respond the same way? And they don't. And again, it was that I, I wasn't disciplined enough to give them the time that they needed to actually understand what they need from me. I can give them the things all day. And that was my crutch, but giving them what they need from me, asking them. Yeah. Like that, that came out of the podcast process. I had a guest on and they said they did that with their children. I said, wait, what? what?" (laughs) It's like, you wait, you ask them what they need from you, not what they need for school or the next day the project. How is daddy not showing up? Never asked, right? So I'm more conscious of now. This is months ago. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm literally the genius of my platform is that I don't have the answers. I don't know. Right, <laughs> right, not, right. You're seeking I'm it. I'm really trying to figure it out. I'm just it's a mirror. That's wow. how I feel about it. It's, it's a mirror to, to to my life to my community. And you know, there's there's plenty of other shows that address everything. You know. <laughs> Mindset, entrepreneurship, right. get the money, get the bag. All I'm saying is 
wherever you want to arrive, arrive with your family intact. Exactly. Exactly. That's my mission. No, that's it, man. That's it. That's strong. I, I was listening to someone, I can't remember, but they asked a similar question. Um, of like, what can I do? Uh, what could I have done better? What can I do? Yeah. How can I? And I asked that question to my daughter. And I'm thinking, I did. I did okay, right? You know, I haven't missed anything. I gave her the time that was necessary. But there were a couple things that she shared. And it wasn't so much from birth to 18. It was since she's been in college. Mm. In terms of thinking, you know, that I've, I've already done it yeah. and I've put you in a good position and I take care of this and you got your apartment and you got your car and you have all these things and you don't have to want for anything. And we communicate. I mean, we're, we, I mean, we text all the time and, and the communication is great, but there's still things that I can do more and I can do better. Sure. And it's like we stretch ourselves in every area of our lives. And that's a muscle that we got to continue to stretch no matter how old they get. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Uh, sure. sure. No, bro. This is us, this is us talking, man. That, man? Are you a better father because you're a great businessman? Are you a great businessman because you're a better father? You know, I'm going to tell you what that question triggers. And this is now, now I'm definitely on your show. So, <laughs> like, seriously, I was married to my, my oldest daughter's mom. Uh-huh. And when when I married her, when we got married, she had three kids. And so I went from 25 single, 26 married with three kids, 27. I walked away from the post office. So I retired at 27, six figure income. And when she became pregnant with our daughter, um, I retired her when she gave birth. I was like, no need to go back. No need to go on maternity leave. Let's go on eternity leave because you got four kids. We're at home. Yeah, it all sounds good until until you're not together anymore, right? But uh, (laughs) Text that to my wife in a minute. So... But we went. We were going through a challenge, you know, just getting a, adapted to a new environment, um, and, and just other things that it kind of came into play with the uh, with with my kids. Uh, and I say my kids because they were mine. Um, with their father coming back into play, and he had never been in play uh, at that point at all. It's interesting. Very. And um, we went to counseling. Great first step. And a pastor said to me, like, I knew I was a great father without question, without fail. I knew that I did the first everything with them to this day. If you ask him, I, I, I mean, everything. And I loved it. Like I embraced it. It was it was it was me. Um, so I, I loved it. Still do. But the pastor said, it's OK to be it's OK that some men are great businessmen, but just not so good at being fathers. Man, it broke me because I knew that wasn't me. But I was, oh, I was, I was, I was done. Yeah. Yeah. And in the context that he said it, and he since apologized uh, in a way for that comment. Like he, he really asked because he's seen and he knows the truth now that that wasn't the case. Uh, but so to answer your question, right, it, it was a trigger just because uh, I remember, I'll never forget that conversation. I remember, I remember everything about it. But, um, so that I, I want to be sure. clear that I'm asking which which may be better. It more informs the other. Right. right. Like you took these skills from here. Right. Be a better father, husband. Right. Or because I got some skill sets from being a father, husband, I can apply them to to business. That's that's kind of the angle I was asking. Yeah. See, I, I told you I need to be on your show, man. <laughs> no, this, this is this is now the Dear Son Podcast, family. I, I, I love it. But but no. Um, I would I would say being a businessman. No, I would say being a father has made me a better businessman by far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, being a father has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely, definitely coming up. I would definitely say it's being a, a father has made me a better businessman because I do business for my family. And once I learned how to turn it on and turn it off, similar to what you said, being able to walk away, understanding balances versus priorities. Yeah. And that was key. Yeah. Um, and knowing that I wasn't going to lose anything along the way. Because sometimes you think that you work less, you earn less. Uh, and that's why I went into entrepreneurship, because I realized I could earn more in a shorter period of time. And I could be temporarily ambitious and then be permanently lazy if that was the goal. 
um, which I can't do, but it still, just it gave me more time. So that period where I traded time for money, I mean uh, money for my family when I went to Iraq, the numbers look good. The numbers laughable now because I've, I've grown, but. The reality was we worked seven, 12 hour days. We worked 84 hours a week. So we worked two weeks every week. So when you do the math, it, 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 it was definitely not a great situation. I just, it was one of those things where I, I was, I put myself in that position. I listened to my father, made some things, uh, you know, got myself into some debt that I couldn't undo. That seemed to be the quickest way, you know. So, mm. yeah. That is, you know, the, the, the direction you take, the, where I really messed up was I didn't afford the conversation with my wife. I presented it to her in a way that was, I must do this, not what do you think. And that, um, that still haunts me to this day, but, you know, we can't, we can't go back and undo it. How did you come to that realization and then have that conversation with, with her, with your family? Because it's easier to avoid it. It's easier to just say, okay, I messed up. I'm going to fix it on my own. But to actually bring it to your, your wife, yeah. to bring it to your kids. That I was wrong about Right. Because, I mean, we grew up in an era where we're never right. Kids were never right. That's that's within the last year. That's what I'm saying. It's, my podcast is really? my nerves. Okay. It's forcing me to be what I need to be, but I got to undo some things and have some conversations and sincerely apologize for what I took my family through. It flows more naturally now because I'm several episodes in. Right. I, I, the reps, but it's still hurtful. Mm. Right. And I and I try to put it in a way that um, that that's palatable, right, to the audience. But these are like these are real challenges that I've had, and it took Earth slowing down mm. for me to deal with myself. Yeah, I think that's true for a lot of folks. You know, it it, it, it really if we haven't taking a look at ourselves and throughout this last year and a half, really two years now, um, then what are we doing? That's crazy. It's been two years. It really has. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There have been some positives that have come from it, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. It's forced us to, to slow down, to speed up, yeah. um, and to be able to take a look at ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because now... You, you can do so much more. Yeah. Um, and we found we could do so much more without having to physically go to and from. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I travel very little now, uh, unless it's internationally and it's safe, right. but in, and nobody's there and like little remote spots that we found and, you know, to, to just remain safe. But what would you say over these last, since we're talking, you know, the pandemic, what, what, what have you learned about your kids over the course of the, the pandemic? I have I have great kids. I like my kids, and that's not a joke, right? Yeah. I like my wife, but you asking about my kids. I, I like my kids. There was nothing. There was no being in the house more with my family didn't create a burden. To have that kind of peace, everything's not perfect, but to actually like your family, yeah, and have to be around them all the time. Um, that, that's that's what I'm grateful for the most. I learned that you know my. My oldest is um, is figuring life out, and some of that has been challenging for me to watch. She's 18 now, but I've learned how to have conversations with her about it and talk through it. Versus, I don't, I didn't nothing. I don't yell at my my daughters either. But part of it was I'm going to shy away and just let her go into life like I wanted to be let go. But I'm. I'm more apt to have the conversation. I'm more likely to have the conversations. We're having the conversation now about life that uh, that she needs. So I'm I'm proud to at least catch it in real time at this stage for her. Right, my my second oldest, she she's almost on autopilot, man. She's really? she's number five in her class right now. She's in tenth grade. She has an opportunity to graduate a year early if she so chooses. Wow. But she she's she's so much like me, not because she's getting good grades, but she doesn't you can't tell that something's bothering her which sometimes is a skill but it also makes me very nervous because sometimes mm. somebody had asked me what was bothering me yeah again when I was putting on that everything is okay so she's very mature but I learned that I gotta interject more yeah are you are you are you really okay right they had a they had a shooting in the school district at the school that her and my oldest son would have gone to had we not moved. So they still have friends in that school, right? 
if we go to pick them up from their school because all of the, the district is shutting down. And I'm looking at them, and, and it's as if nothing happened. Wow. And I'm like, do you, are, you, are you processing it? Do, do you just not know what you feel right now, or is this normalized for you, right? So not being afraid to ask those questions. Yeah. With all my kids, but specifically with her, because she puts on so much, you know, that, that everything in school, she has it under control. My, my old son, you can catch all of that in this son pocket. Yeah, all yeah, that, all that. yeah. My next one, uh, my, my youngest daughter, she's eight now, and she wants everybody to be happy, which is admirable and scary. Right. Yeah. She she takes on that burden to make sure that she's that everybody's happy. And if you're not happy, it affects her. So she's an empath. Yeah. Great. But to what extent does that start to negatively impact who she is or who she presents herself to be to protect her feelings from other people? Right. And my youngest son, again, it's it's being more intentional with him. It's like he's a he has a genius artistry in him. Like just sitting down, crayons making pictures and, and, and making scenes and things. He has a real gift with that. So, I, you know, I, it's, it was cool. It is cool to know that. Yeah. Because before I could just tell you what I bought. I couldn't really pinpoint like what their genius is and, and all of these things. So that's, that's been great for me. Do you know how many people cannot say what you just said? Mm-hmm. I mean, over, it, I just asked over the pandemic, what have you learned? Like to that depth to be able to yeah that's 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 what's up man you you almost paint yourself it's funny as a and and you know we see ourselves how we see ourselves where you feel like you didn't do this or you didn't do as much of that but you weren't abusive don't put your hands on i know someone else who's watching is thinking bro if i just had that i would be good what makes you continue to work to get better even though it's easy to compare yourself to someone and say well I'm not doing that yeah I I, I want to be happy with me right I wasn't yeah. working on it but I, I want to be happy with me all of those things are the that's collateral benefit right right but if I'm happy with me and I'm, and I'm becoming a better me better man better father yeah that's, that's it's that simple that's everything yeah. yeah yeah that's it that's it so what's next for for D Johns, man. Next, I mean, look, you got a apparel company, and you got D Johns Studios. We know this uh, podcast is going worldwide. We do, we do. So I want all of those things to grow and um, resonate with the intended audience. And I don't know what that audience is. I mean, I, it's the trait expression to say whatever God is on. That's where I met my life. Like I, I, I remember telling God to wait. Really? How stupid is that, right? <laughs> The podcast trailer went up September 2020. My first episode went up September 2021. Wow. I was for a year because I, I knew what it was going to do to me. Yeah. I, I didn't want to. I'm comfortable being less than what I need to be. I was in that space. But what's next, man, I just want um, I want to continue to grow as a person. I want to I want to refine, um, you know, my, my skills as a as a conversationalist to, to, to really curate conversations that men and whoever else needs it has access to sooner than I accessed it. Like yeah. Just like, I'm sure your business model, you compress the timeline, right? We got information. Right. We want to get it to you quicker. So I want, I think of it as a library of necessary, meaningful conversations that will help people at the right time. Um, beyond that, I, you know, D. John's live studios, it's funny that you mentioned that because my ultimate goal is to just tell beautiful black stories responsibly. Mm. I want to get into um, maybe short films, documentaries, but all telling meaningful stories from you know, those that have a voice and those that don't. Strong. And I want to get my humans on the podcast. Uh, you got that, man. Look, you, you, you know, we won't quit podcast. You, you know, I'm definitely coming back. We're going to make that happen. At what episode did you realize um, or did that start to happen? Just going back, you know, you talked about just being comfortable with with yourself, or at what episode? Because I mean, you seem extremely comfortable. One, so one one took me probably five or six hours, and I think I actually ended up recording what was published around three a.m. Really? I start, stop, start. Nah, that's not it. It's not gonna. I was so concerned about perfecting the message that it was losing the intent that God designed, 
right? So when I found, so what you see is when I found it's like okay, right? And that's one of your shortest episodes, right? The first one, yeah, it's just, yeah. I know what to do. No, it's 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 perfection. It was perfect, bro. It was perfect. I was all over the place. You can't tell that at all. I just need you to know that it, it came across, and it just it it just leads you on a path of uh continuation and, and no matter where you pick up if you if it's episode 13 if it's episode 17 if for, you want to go back because of how you reference it so it makes you say okay i gotta see where he started from yeah i, I was super nervous about it but once it was out there the relief it was it, I, I wasn't going to undo it because you can pull stuff down you know people can take a copy of it but that that that's what i needed that's what i was fighting for the year right like i just get it out be honest and after that, it just became reps. Like, I, I just wanted to stay in as long as I didn't take a break or be so concerned about the numbers or... Right. And people support it. Yeah. And that's always helpful, you know? Yeah. You try to, you know, to tune out the negative, but it, it, I don't know anybody that doesn't like that positive reinforcement. I... I I don't know how I'm going to survive because I'm like, I honestly have told more people over the last two weeks about the DSM podcast than the We Won't Quit podcast. But it's because I know of the impact that it's going to make, um, specifically that's, that's in our all, community. I'm sorry, that's literally... And that's a fact. Like, I'm not, I'm not joking. And I know if folks, are, uh, they'll put in the comments. I, I know I can, I can't even tell you how many people, if, if they're watching this... And I've mentioned the DSM podcast to you. Please put it in the comments because truthfully, I just know the impact it will make. You know, I can bring folks on, you know, I've had folks on who at one point didn't know where their next dollar was coming from and folks who you know, earned seven, eight, or have folks scheduled to earn nine figures. It means nothing, though, you know, if you don't, as you mentioned earlier, really, if your family's not in order. If you're not in order, and so the trauma that we continue to to to, to push down the road um, from generation to generation, uh, the money means nothing. It just makes you, a, you know, a, either better version or a worse version. It makes you more who you are. Yeah. So uh, I mean that with all sincerity, man. That this podcast is. Uh, I will continue to be appreciative. Like I, I really, no, I, I respect you. I respect your audience. And you're genuine, right? And I'm not saying that to, to blow smoke, but I am learning to be a people person. Like, because I don't like to waste time around the wrong environment, right? right. If we're clearly going on two separate paths, be blessed on your way. But I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Right? So I don't, I don't invest a lot of time in where I, I, I don't see the person being genuine or if there's a real relationship that can be developed. But your demeanor, like your conversation, looking into your eyes as we're having this conversation, I appreciate those words because I know you're genuine. You're not just saying it because I'm on your show. And those are the things that keep like it's God drops it's like drip, 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 drip. I'm going, I'm like, I'm feeling down about it. Here you go. Yep. We appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Boom, I'm back on it again. It's, yeah. it's not that I want to give up, it's just that it's it's oh, it, Man, you're you're telling your story. You're creating your story, telling while telling your story as you're going. Like that is the most vulnerable place any person can. I mean, I'm listening to it, and I'm. I told you I had to stop a few times <laughs> listening to several of your guests along with yourself. But it was also strengthening as a man, as a black man, to to know uh, that that level of courage <laughs> and, and strength, not physical strength, but the mental strength. Uh, and fortitude to say, I'm going to take this. I'm, my family is going to see, we're going to see this through. And I'm going to leave a legacy, uh, not for them, but in them. Not for See, I knew I was going to get a whole lot. I've gotten so much out of this episode. I'm thankful for that, man. I listen to you. I listen to uh, Darnell Self quite a bit. And it's the way it's, it's the, those phrases, those, those pivotal things that you guys say, just like what you just said. I'm like, man. I get it. I see. I see why y'all are the leaders that you are, man. And I appreciate that from afar. Yeah, same here, man. We appreciate no because you dropping you drop those same nuggets nonstop, um, and their philosophies really. That's the key. It's easy to say it, but if you're not living it, then what's the purpose? And you can always tell you you know you can smell commission on somebody's breath if they out to make some money. You see what I'm saying? No, really. I mean, you come on. You, you see that's why you say you distance yourself from folks if you know it's not going in that direction, but. 
and it's hard because people aren't genuine. Right. You know, it's a lot of folks that are just, you know, the whole fake it till you make it is how we, we came up. And there's too many fakers and not enough makers. And now is a time, I think, more than ever, man, that we can create in our kids. Yes. Where they understand and making it isn't just monetary. Yeah. I mean, we want the money. You know, we we want to be able to live nice. Yeah. We want to be able to give them nice things, but it's what we leave in them. Yeah. Like I was, I was literally too nervous to share this journey with my with my kids. I don't know what they were gonna say. Not that they would take it the wrong way, but I was nervous that they wouldn't think it was good. Like really? asking, asking my son, bringing my son along today, that was a step for me. Really? Because in my mind, I think he'd rather play video games, but he he doesn't. Wow. Wants to come along and learn. But I was a kid that didn't want that from my father. So I've been projecting that on him and robbing him of opportunities for us to grow closer. So again, like I said, this is day by day. Yeah. It's not scripted. I love it. Yeah, I mean this was day by day, right? This this was day I was like, hey, I'm in town, let's connect. And and look, truthfully, this wouldn't have happened without my man D John's and D John Studios coming through because I don't know what I'm doing. As I'm, uh, this is tr- truly day by day, right? I'm in a whole different environment, but uh, man, it's, it's an honor, bro. I look forward to us getting a chance to further these conversations. Um, and again, let folks know how they can find you, uh, where they can find you, um, and, and just anything you like to share. Absolutely, man. Again, appreciate the platform. I'm the Dear Son Podcast. It's my website, The Dear Son Podcast on IG, The Dear Son Podcast on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I have a Twitter account. <laughs> activity, it's just Dear Son Podcast there. And on, uh, what's the one that the kids do? TikTok? TikTok. Podcast yeah. underscore pops. Podcast underscore pops. Okay. I got to go follow that one, man. And look, I got to get on, get the Twitter thing going too. I did get on TikTok. Well, I've been on TikTok, but I, I stopped posting and yeah, yeah it, it grows. I think we thought TikTok was more because it came from what musically or something was a little app. It used to be another app called musically that was just the kids. And then TikTok came. And so I think, you know, folks kind of thought it was that still teenage and under. Yeah. Now, oh, man. Everybody does because it's short and it just grows nonstop. But it's some it's some good content, especially if you up there, brother. Uh, we're going to do an overtime session where I do some rapid fire questions, you know, and just just ask, you know, a whole bunch of questions and you can get one word answers. You can, you know, give whatever you give. But I want the people to get a chance to hear from my man, D. Johns, a little deeper. Uh, this has been another episode of the We Won't Quit podcast. Uh, once again, go subscribe, go like, go follow, go share, right? And, uh, you know, what I learned from this brother right here, if the information has been good to you, if it's impactful to you, then tell someone else about it. All right, go change somebody else's life, right? We all know the only way we can fail is to quit, but it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. Appreciate you, brother, for being on. Likewise, brother. All right, we'll see you next week. Peace.